What's up, man? How you doing? I'm a lot better now that we're on the road. <laughs> well, Fingers crossed. We're being safe and all that jazz, but uh, God, it feels so good to be playing music again. Welcome back. Welcome back to Nashville. Welcome back to the stage. If you're not familiar, that's Kyle from The Sword. They bridge Houston and Birmingham together, two famous cities of music. <laughs> Kyle, talk to me about your reverend. Uh, people probably haven't seen, if they haven't seen the last one, you weren't rocking reverends. You are now. Talk to us about that process and I this am. gold beauty. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it all started when uh, me and Ken Haas met via uh, one of the members of the Decemberists um, over doing like a, a charity drive kind of thing for the Children's Cancer Association. So, um, and we ended up just talking about guitars backstage and uh, he wanted to know if I wanted to design a signature model and how are you going to say no to that? So, uh, yeah, we did um, a tobacco burst, an alpine burst, a black one, a white one for my Doom Side of the Moon project. And uh, once all those sold out, he asked me what the next color I wanted to be. And uh, I'd be a fool if I didn't pick gold. Uh, so yeah, me and Bob Balch from Fu Manchu, uh, there's a couple more that they did uh, in, the, in this Venetian gold. So this one's kind of my favorite one so far. Um, it's also got my signature Railhammer pickups in there. So yeah, just beautiful guitar. And it's also kind of big, so it makes me look smaller. <laughs> now, what do you do with, uh, what did you like, uh, I guess, specificize or detail that you wanted the pickups to sound like? Because it's probably something. Uh, I go for the, the Tom Scholes uh, okay. combo from Boston. Uh, P90 in the neck and a, a super distortion in the bridge. Um, it's just a rock and roll machine. Can do. It's a very versatile guitar. And what's going on there? Why do they look <laughs> the pole pieces? They look like uh, a combination of pickups. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's mostly cosmetic. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, <laughs> Uh, it's pretty much just an actual super distortion right there, just like a little bit hotter, even hotter than a super distortion. And um, uh, with the P90, it's actually a double wound single coil, so it's kind of cheating. They call it the hum cutter, okay. you know, so you don't get that disgusting, uh, it's hard to, to get rid of, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, this is my pony. And uh, on this pony, what strings are you using? What typically are you using? These uh, are the Ernie Ball uh, skinny top heavy bottoms that uh, we tuned to C standard. So for, uh, for we're doing the first four records on this tour. Uh, which is why I also brought out the old Delaney that I use, but we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> now, what other guitars do you guys see? Is that just a I'm primary just, I backup? I just play Reverend guitars. That's it. Why? Because they're the best guitars. Um, they're, uh, they're like family, and they treat me really well, and we just really love designing guitars together and uh, picking all kinds of fun colors. Uh, I think I have the, uh, the Alpine one. Burst is my backup right now. Oh, beautiful. And yeah. actually, that, that's one of my favorite ones, and that was not my idea <laughs> of uh, color choice for it. So, and then, uh, Joe Naylor picked out that one. Now, a little different headstock design, too, with the Reverend. Yeah, well, um, I was the first Reverend, uh, two things, the, the first Reverend to actually have four knobs, because uh, Joe only wanted him to have the bass contour, the tone, and the volume. And then, so I required, uh, I do a little bit of a stutter sometimes, so I wanted to have two master volumes for, you know, one for each. Uh, pickup, so that was a Reverend first, and then the, also the inlay uh, of the headstock. It's actually like a mother of pearl inlay, whereas before it was painted on. I was the first one to have them actually carved out and put mother of pearl in there. And then Reese Gabrels got kind of jealous. Uh, he was like, hey, "How come you don't do that on my guitar?" So now it's kind of like standard for a, a lot of their models. And I also had um, my uh, signature etched into the truss rod cover. Uh, so that if you wanted to, you could take the truss rod cover off. You could take the pickups out that also have my signature, and you could make it your own guitar. So. That's cool. Yeah. Now, is there anything else we should know about this guitar, or should we move on to uh, the aforementioned Laney? It's awesome, and you should find one uh, at your local Reverend Guitar dealer. That's, that's all <laughs> you need to know about it. Uh, but yeah, we can uh, definitely talk about this Laney. This is actually isn't mine. This is Brian's, our bass player's. Uh, but I've been using it for uh, probably since the beginning, by like 05, 06 maybe. And uh, this was the amp that I used uh, to record the first four records. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's just a Laney AOR 100. It's, uh, it's a workhorse. It's what 
I think that's what Tony Iommi had uh, on the, the early Sabbath days. He used to have eight of these things all rigged up at once. Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah. And what about the cabinet? Kind of that is just a regular Marshall with the uh, Celestion 75s in it. Um, it's just nice and bright. Um, yeah, uh, just, just standard cab. We used to use the orange ones, but they're so heavy. Yeah. And they're rather dark. I like a little bit brighter tone these days. Now, what's with the cabinetry? Is that just remove the Tolex, or is that <laughs> yeah. something custom? Yeah, we had an old guitar tech that um, he had stripped the Tolex off of that and just refinished it, and it just looked so pretty. Looks like a piece of um, furniture. That I, I traded him a, a cabinet for it, and then uh, JD's actually, um, well, Holly, tell him. Let him tell you about that one. But yeah, it's basically <laughs> the same treatment. But yeah. Well, let's move on to the pedal board. Yeah, buddy. And, uh, well, before that, we have to talk about please. my custom Ray Ray Decker cables. Wow. Uh, yeah, Ray Ray Decker. If you want uh, just a color of any, uh, uh, sorry, uh, a cable of any color imaginable. Uh, yeah, he's uh, out of Baltimore and just, uh, yeah, he, we can go through the thing, my little like rainbow uh, uh, patch cables and stuff like that. He, uh, he does great work. So yeah, that is what's plugging me into the pedal board, but yeah, it's, um, we can talk, definitely talk about the pedal board. It's yeah. short and sweet these days. I, I like to keep it kind of simple. Um, Boss Chromatic Tuner, hey, who doesn't like that? I right. Know, but, um, true, true. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Brian Kehoe uh, over at Dunlop, thanks Brian, hooked me up with the, uh, the Crybaby, the 535Q. And uh, so. Has it been modded? Well, I believe one, either you or JD had one modded by your the bass player, Brian, right? Yeah, I, that is an old one. Yeah, it kind of it started acting up, so. Um, Kehoe is nice enough to hook me up for this tour. Got it. And uh, right after that is the um, the clothespin of doom. Uh, you know, that's, that's where all the tone is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, right into that is my uh, the Wild Kyle uh, pedal from Idiot Box Effects. Uh, you can see that the uh, the LED is the, the end of my um, uh, electric lettuce. Uh, you know, my, my left-handed cigarette there. And, also uh, where the tone is. Also where the tone is. Uh, that, <laughs> this thing is uh, it's just a super hot-rotted uh, DS1, pretty much. And uh, also, if you take the back plate off, there's a really funny etching on the circuit board. So maybe uh, open it up, do a little, you know, investigating on your own if you pick one of these up from Idiot Box. Um, thanks, Matt. Cheers. Now, can we hear it real quick? Like, of maybe course. AB, like, without, with, without the pedal, and then... Yeah, it's just, it's super hot. And, and honestly, the, the distortion's only turned up to about uh, maybe seven out of 10. So if you take it all the way, it gets pretty nasty. But it's very articulate. No, the one thing I see missing on this one, it might be on that one, is the low country, high country switch. <laughs> That's only on the Doom side of the Moon guitar because okay. uh, it has the, uh, the piezo uh, bridge, like the acoustic simulator pickups in there. Yeah. So I can actually go full low country, full high country. Or uh, if you do it in the middle, it's a blend of both. And you get some really cool sounds out of that. Uh, combo of you know, pickups and uh, yeah, that thing is magic. It sounds better than any acoustic simulator on the market. But yeah, I don't have it on this door right now. Well, right on. We'll move on to uh, the Pog there. Yeah, the old micro Pog. How uh, do you use that? Just, um, I only use it for one song. Uh, right now, Night City has kind of like a Guns N' Roses style kind of slash chorus thing that I uh, play over the, um, over that riff. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, who doesn't like a Pog? Right. It's just uh, I, I try not to overdo it. It's cool for like a, you know having it for a moment, but I know a lot of people that uh, uh, use that thing for just basically the whole kind of set, you know. And I think yeah, but um, I, I'd hate to like do it too much. You, you know? have a bass player, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's here, and you got and, one. Uh, that into the uh, the Earthquaker Devices Levitation. Uh, it's just a great reverb pedal. Um, love that thing. I, I don't. I use it just for like kind of small effects and stuff like the little kind of soaring leads here and there, and uh, the in between song uh, noise making. You know. It's a, other people can tune their instruments or drink beer or whatever. You know? <laughs> now, 
you are you've mentioned that you guys are kind of covering all the the, the records you guys did the first four. Uh -huh. I imagine the pedal board is smaller than, and one thing I see missing is either the Rocktron noise suppressor yeah. or, or the Hush was another thing that you guys spoke it, so highly of. It was of. the Hush, yeah, yeah. So the reduced pedal amount has probably brought down the level of hiss and noise that you have to deal with? Not that, and we, just, we don't turn up as loud as we used to. Old guys. You know? Hey, sorry. <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah, I, I got my tone under control before I had a Max on Distortion Master, and that thing was like a static machine. I mean, I love that pedal, but it's just kind of wasn't as articulate as uh, some of the other things that I ended up using and stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kyle. We're going to talk to the other Thanks guys. For having me. Let's do it, man. Cheers, brother. All right, we're on the other side of the stage with JD. JD, how you doing? Doing well, man. I'm glad you're here. Welcome, to Tennessee. Thank Thankfully, you very much. you're rocking again. This is this is good news. Let's dive into it. This is a special guitar. It looks special, but tell me if it is or not, if oh, this is from the first four records. They're all special, you know. They're <laughs> all all mine are special. Um, uh, but yeah, this I got this, uh, like, I think, around the Apocryphon tour cycle. Okay. Um, uh, I believe it's... Can I actually see that? No, no, can't see the year. Um, then I don't know the serial numbers well enough, but it's an early aughts, like an 05 or 07, uh, 67 reissue. Um, but yeah, I, I changed out the plastics. Uh, to black and uh, changed the pickups to DeMarzio's. Uh, this is a uh, the, the 36th anniversary PAF set uh, in there right now. So a little um, considerably less gain or output than the yeah, super distortion. Yeah, I used to have I used to have su a, a super distortion and a super two in here, uh, but over the years, you know, I've learned to appreciate the lower output pickup. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like to be able to hear what I'm playing and hear the notes and stuff, um, and have some dynamics. So uh, yeah, I really like these. Really, it sounds good. Uh, I love V's. Um, it, a, I, a V to me is it's almost like a different instrument, you know, yeah. than a regular acoustic uh, electric guitar. It just the, the way it hangs, the balance, you know, the the uh, yeah, it just gets out of your way. You know, it looks cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it almost it, they have this thing where it almost feels like you're playing a classical guitar, like the way it like sits on you. Um, but yeah, they're. Yeah, to me they're 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 an outlier, and you know that's what I like. I like you know unique stuff. That's why I changed everything, you know, personalized it. Uh, I, you know, I like to be a little a little different. And you haven't you were never shy of weird shapes because you obviously explorers you played, and then you had uh, uh, the mockingbird. mockingbird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like stuff that um, yeah that is kind of weird. That's kind of long, uh, you know, that has a lot of wood back here. I'm into that. That's, you know, I don't know why, I just, I, I've, I've tried playing like Stratocasters and stuff that are more kind of front loaded with the material and it just, it looks weird to me. When I look at myself in the mirror or on video or something, I'm like, eh, that's not right. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about strings? And uh, I know Kyle already said that you guys tuned to C, so what well, yeah, about this, uh, uh, we're tuning to C right now. Um, I use Ernie Ball, uh, I just started using, they came out with these, these cool like in-between gauges you know now, so they have, I use these, I think these are Mondo Slinkies, um, which are like 10 and a half or something like that, uh, which I, I always tend to like stuff that's like not quite standard, that's like somewhere in between. And uh, so yeah, I think it, I, I use these on the C guitars, I use the, the Primo Slinkies on my uh, E flat tune guitars, which are like nine and a halfs. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's like, to me that's the perfect, perfect balance of, you know, getting, having enough play in it, and, but it's still staying in tune. Um, yeah. And do you have any other guitars that you brought? Oh, that, I do. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, it's a, kind of a sad story, but hopefully it'll have a happy ending. We played uh, Psycho Las Vegas uh, right before this tour started, and um, 
I, I usually don't check my guitars uh, on airplanes, and I did, and I thought it would be fine. Ooh, and uh, I don't know like where this is going. Jamie. Yeah, I had a. I, have, I think it might have been in the last rig rundown. Um, it was a maple top Les Paul custom. Yeah. That I had um, uh, got the headstock snapped, Ooh. Uh, but um, was a, actually met a guy from Gibson uh, at Psycho and was able to drop it off with Gibson in L.A. And supposedly they're gonna fix it for me. So uh, hopefully that'll work out and that'll be cool. Uh, but you know, and I'd never, I, I, you know, that's never happened to me before. I've had lots of Gibsons. I've never broken a headstock. So I kind of figure I was due, <laughs> uh, even though it was a big bummer, but that was originally going to be the second guitar I was going to bring okay. on this tour. Oops. Uh, but instead I figured, well, might as well bring this thing. Got it not too Ooh. long ago. And this, yeah, I saw this on your Instagram. Yeah. I peeked. I saw this. This is this is gold. Yeah, this is a uh, Billy Bow Jupiter Thunderbird Gretsch. Um, this is a limited edition uh, run that was uh, done with, by uh, Fuller's Guitars in Houston. Um, and I just I saw one, you know, online and just was kind of like, yeah, immediately, you know, was kind of was like, well, I gotta get that. I ended, I ended up selling like half my guitar collection. Because I was like, well, I gotta justify this purchase. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I mean, I love Gretsch's. I love, you know, this is, it's a cross between, you know, the the, the Billy Bow and a, a Roundup. Um, you know, which I, to me, I mean, I love that. You know, it's it's weird. It's kind of a mashup. Yeah, it's a vis it's, it's visually it's, visually stunning it's guitar. It's got the uh, upholstery studs, even yeah. though it doesn't have the leather wrap. It does have the upholstery studs, the G brand, all the the inlays, uh, and it sounds. Fantastic. Yeah. It sounds so good. Um, Can yeah. you hear it? Oh, yeah, sure. To put you on the spot, but yeah, as, as good as it looks, I kind of want to hear how it sounds. And where would you use this in a set, or is this just a backup? It's, it, well, I, uh, actually, the jack on the V broke. Uh, I just fixed that, so I was using this for a couple shows. But um, we've been uh, you know, playing our, uh, our cover of Cheap Sunglasses uh, in, in tribute to, to Dusty, and uh, so I've been using it on that, you know. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it seems to be in tune. And uh, this one's tuned to E flat, so I have this, uh, well, we'll get to that, but I have a pedal, a drop pedal that tunes it to C. You guys played that. You guys recorded that back in 2012. So we did. So yeah. that it's not just you know it is in honor of Dusty, but you you guys have been there long. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know we're a Texas band, but uh, yeah, we figured it was time to to bust that one out. Cool. Well, should we move on to amp? Sure. I know you've always been an orange guy, so no surprise that you still have the orange. Yeah, this is the same one. I, you know, I refreshed myself with our original rig rundown to see what we still have and have changed <laughs> out. And it's the same head I was using then. Okay. Um, yeah. This it's you know it's. Uh, I love it. It's a great head. It's, I mean, as far as, you know, for what we do, um, it's, it's the best one I've found. And, you know, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's great. Um, it's too heavy, but other than that, no complaints at all. I love it. Um, best head I've ever, ever, you know, played, you know, heavy, heavy stuff through. Um, and then, yeah, the, I've had that cabinet forever. Uh, got that in the nineties. Um, 
and you know we using we used the orange cabinets for a while. I think the la on the last one we were doing the three quarter stacks with the uh, four twelve and the two twelve. Uh, but you know we kind of downsized stuff a little bit. Uh, you know easier on the trailer, easier yeah. on us. Uh, so and you know you really don't need anything more than than a four twelve to to be loud as hell. So have you guys ever thought about using like combo smaller amps? Because I think of like a band like Uncle Acid. I've seen that. Yeah, like like they're the, loud yeah. as hell. But then absolutely it's that me and what, the first time I saw them, it kind of blew me away how small their <laughs> yeah. amps were. But it's yeah, it's you know you really don't as long as you you know as long as they're loud. It does, that you know size doesn't doesn't not uh, you know indicate loudness necessarily. But um, but you know for us too, I don't know the visual aspect of a band like us. You know, also I think it helps to have something back there. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if it's not full stacks. Um, but yeah, and then that, that cabinet, uh, like Kyle's, uh, was refinished by our, our one of our uh, a guitar tech that we know from Austin. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love, you know, natural wood stuff, anything like that. And uh, But yeah, it's a lot lighter than, than the orange cabinets. And, you know, I just, it's my, my tried and true. Now I know the orange was used on the last Rig Rundown you said back in 2014, but was it used like Kyle with his Laney being as a recording thing too, or is this just more of a road dog? Um, I, I've used that in the studio for sure. Uh, yeah, um, probably not not on the last record because we did it uh, up in Portland and we you know we used the gear that was there. But um, yeah, I think the last uh, I think I used it on Apocryphon for sure. Um, yeah. And I see that you run it on half. Is that something you always do, or is it kind of based on the room size? No, I, I just actually did that for oh, this because you know I figured it'd be. A, I usually run it on full. Yeah. You're being kinder to our cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, move on to the pedal board. Sure. See here, I know that uh, I've seen in interviews you mentioned. I think it was with Guitar World. I won't mention the name, but I just did, as our competitor, <laughs> uh, that you're afraid of pedals with over two knobs. Well, I used to be. I'm getting over it, as you can see. I see. You got one. <laughs> I got one with four knobs. Um, yeah, I, and it's, I, I find it a little strange that I'm the one with the most pedals. I don't, don't really consider myself to be a big pedal guy, but somehow that's how it worked out. Uh, but yeah, so the signal chain goes uh, into the tuner there, uh, and then into this drop pedal, which as I said, right now I'm just basically using that as to make this guitar into a C guitar. Okay. Um, you know, uh, the other one is tuned to C, this one isn't. Uh, so that's just a utility thing. Um, and then the freeze, the electroharmonics freeze, which that doesn't get used too much. That's really like kind of in-between song, kind okay. of atmospheric thing. Just you know, does a drone sort of thing. You know, sometimes at the end of the set, we want to do a big noise thing or something like that. I'll use that. Um, and then into the main main section there, we got the uh, the conspiracy theory, the way huge conspiracy theory. Uh, and uh, yeah, our our buddy Brian Kehoe at Dunlop hooked me up with that. Supposedly it's his personal pedal from his pedal board. Oh, wow. Uh, I actually hit him up for a sugar drive, and he's like, well, I'm going to send you this instead. It's off my pedal board. And I'm like, okay. But I love it. It's great. It, it sounds fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I had a soul food. That really was my only, uh, you know, drive. foray into the, oh, the clone, clone, yeah. the clone, clone, clone. world, um, which I like that. But uh, this one, uh, you know, works a little bit better for, for the sword. Um, and then that, the newest pedal I've got is the, uh, the tone job, the Earthquaker tone job. Um, you know, I was trying the whole, you know, overdrive fuzz thing, trying to, you know, I have a bunch of fuzz pedals. I was trying to figure out which one would work with that overdrive. And, you know, for what we do, like tuning low and all that stuff, any adding them together in any way, shape or form is just too much. Yeah. There's no way, to, there's just no way to do it. So I was searching around for alternatives and, you know, into looking into maybe getting some kind of EQ pedal, but I didn't want to get like the, the boss thing with like all the sliders. I thought that was a little bit too much. So I found this uh, Earthquaker one that has just knobs for bass, treble, and, and middle, and, and, a, and a gain. 
and uh, it's it's great. And it, you know, I have it kind of set as like with a bass boost and a mid scoop, um, and you hit that, and it it just kind of turns it fuzzy. You know, it turns it turns the overdrive into a like blown out fuzz kind of sound. Can you kind of give um, us an example? Of yeah, that? yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so it's just a boost, a little bit of boost, a little more low end. Um, doesn't, you know, and it doesn't just, you know, it's not <laughs> just a noise, you know, explosion uh, when you try to actually, you know, use a fuzz with an overdrive. So that's been really cool. Um, it's been working out. And then uh, I've had the Phase 90, you know, that was in the last one, I'm sure. I've had one of those on my board since the 90s. That's just, all, I've always used one. Um, it's just the perfect, you know, psychedelic, effect for when you need some movement in there you know it's just uh, I, I, I don't know what wouldn't use anything else for that now do you always have it that that the rate's so slow or is it kind of usually you use your foot um, to kind of gauge it I, I, usually it's pretty slow there's there's one song uh, lawless lands we have where the intro is you know i turn it up to the, the you know the real fast speed kind of gets a leslie because i was going to ask how yeah. you approximate that because it's definitely a leslie yeah. effect. yeah yeah uh but yeah usually i use it on the you know the slow slow sweep um and then the carbon copy um, don't use that too much, really more for just like accents here and there, end the song sort of things and, um, you know, just, just a little bit of color. And same thing with the, uh, the reverb pedal, um, that gets used on like some intros and clean parts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so, but the, uh, these, these, the drive and the, uh, and the, the boost are doing the, the majority of the work here. Uh, and then, well, yeah, I skipped, uh, cause this is a, a little detour here. So the, the, the chain runs like this, uh, it, you know, down into this section. And then um, uh, at the, after the uh, phaser, it goes up into the uh, rock, the, or the, uh, the hush pedal. Uh, and then back into the delay and the reverb. Because, uh, you know, if you put it after the delay and the reverb, then it'll cut them off. Uh, so it's, but, it, but this way it kind of minimizes the, the, the kind of noise from the, the, the phaser, the, you know, the, the yeah, the swoosh. Yeah, but but you know, doesn't cut off your delay or your reverb and still provides a good gate. So yeah. Now I don't know if it's in the set, but uh, a song from the most recent record, uh, "Don't Get Too Comfortable," kind of has that real spitty, zippery fuzz. Is that something that you guys play in, with a pedal setup like this? How are you able to make that? Uh, work? Well, that, we're not we're not doing any of those those numbers right now. That's right. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, I was using um, uh, uh, what what. I'm blanking on the kind of fuzz I used on the, that record. Um, a uh, uh, the Vox uh, Tone Bender, God. Tone Bender was uh, I, what I was using mostly on that record. Um, and I have a I have a good clone that uh, I use, uh, you know, sometimes. But you know, I think I could probably, you know, when it, when it comes time to play those songs again, uh, I think I can, you know, I can dial it in with this. I hope. Yeah, that's that's the idea. You know, trying to make it as versatile as possible. Killer man, JD, thank you so much. Yeah, man, Appreciate thank your time. you. Appreciate it. Last but definitely not least, not slighting the bass player at all this time, folks. Brian, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Very well. Thank you so awesome. much for doing this. Yeah, uh, you of have course. a simple setup, but it looks lean and mean. It is. And it's gonna be quite loud. I can feel it already kind of bursting at the seams it, behind my legs. It hangs. <laughs> so talk to me about the bass before we get into any of that. Well, this is uh, actually uh, my first bass. I got this. Really? Yeah, I got this when I was 14, uh, 94. Uh, made in Mexico jazz bass. I've hung on to it over the years. I've put some quarter pounders in it, and basically, uh, you know, this badass bridge, and otherwise, it's it's the same old bass. 
that it was when I got it when I was a teenager. Now, is this something that was on used on any of the first four records? Uh, well, yeah, this is the Age of Winners bass. Okay. Um, see, Gods of the Earth, I used uh, that 51P reissue. Um, I've used this on, I used this on a Parker Fun. Okay. Um, and then for Warp Riders, I had like a, the 78P bass I had got. Cool. And what, yeah. what do you still like? I mean, obviously it's a first bass, so it's like, home it's in a way but yeah yeah what else do you like about it like it's that a, continues to go to it when you know you it's very light instruments. and the uh neck is very thin so both of those things are, are quite nice you know playing an hour-long set uh -huh. you know, I, I, I love to be able to just move up and down the neck with ease and then you know not it's not a boat you know what i mean it's yeah, not just not a gigantic slab here so yeah it's uh it's great it's, it's a light little bad boy and what strings do you use you know, they're the purple Ernie Ball ones. Kyle asks, like, once a tour, you know, hey, we're going on tour. Do you want some strings? You know, ah, yeah, that sounds good. Purple so, pack. Purple. That's the color I remember. <laughs> and, and are you playing with a pick at all, or is it all just No, nah, all, all, all my fingers anymore. Yeah. Um, I had started out um, when the sword first got going. I did the pick for articulation and then it got to the point where I felt like I could get is the articulation I needed from my hand mm. you know and um, it kind of didn't look back after that do you feel like you're also more expressive too the way like you wither your attack with your fingers and stuff that you can be able oh yeah I mean yeah but that's like a good thing and a bad thing sometimes right you know getting all too hyped up and you're like digging in too hard and kind of choking out your your note yeah versus kind of like leaning back and letting it you know ring true now we should dive into, I guess, do you want to go talk about the Ampeg or do you want to talk about oh, Moog here? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, wh whichever clever, you know, I, I can talk about this lovely amplifier here. Let's talk about this first. This is an Ampeg V4. Okay. Um, I, you know, after years and years of doing the 300 watt tube here. amps, you know, with the, uh, I had an SVT, an old SVT, and I had one of those Varelin meat smokes for a while. Big you know, amp. They're great. They're, Big amp. They're huge, yeah. but they're, they're just way too much amp for what I was trying to do and I could never get it above like two you know without just blasting everybody out <laughs> and you know I, I, don't, I don't need anything like that necessarily and it, with the 810 as well it was just a lot of a lot of juice on stage and so I went down to this 410 in the Ampeg V4 and, and have really liked it um, you know as you can see I can actually like turn up a little bit and got uh, past it's, two it's, yeah it's, I'm past two you know <laughs> and, and it's not deafening it, it has everything all the components of a bass guitar that, that one needs um, has a little bit of high a lot of low it's good cool and yeah. uh, I guess the Moog yeah so this is uh, uh, my Moog Taurus 3 um, I got this right after we did Warp Riders and we had uh, Matt Bayless put a bunch of keyboard shit on the <laughs> record and uh, it was kind of like well shit who's gonna play that and I had seen that they had just done this and you know, I kind of had a little bit of gear lust over it and, you know, raised my hand. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. It yeah. sounds like fun. You know, I've always worshipped Getty and, uh, you know, like Mike Rutherford. And uh, so, you know, it, it felt natural. It felt like a natural extension for me to try this thing out. And, you know, it took a long time to kind of figure out how to separate my hands and my feet, you know, um, doing things. And But once I kind of got my mind around that, it it became a lot easier but man this thing's great you know it's it can go high and go low yeah as i said can you show us like how you use if, it and then also this, can, can uh, if the if the thing's on at all but if not no it's oh, not okay. but i'm happy to throw it through the amplifier to show it how you 
how it works. Uh, it's quite easy. Um, the, uh, but it, I mean, God, dude, it's, it's super low. You know, it's like all subsonic frequencies, but then also it'll go super high too and has some very high patches as well. Here, if we just hit this bad boy on standby, I'll show you this real quick. Oh, here we go. Try it out. <laughs> You can go right there. Here, let me find it. There's a one that's got all the arpeggios or stuff. Uh, so. Besides probably annoying JD and Kyle. Oh, absolutely. So that's that's job one with this thing. <laughs> uh, uh. That's how I use it with the sword. It's gotcha. kind of mostly just to reinforce what everyone else is doing. Um, say, like in Chronomancer 2, um, right during the, there's like this big vocal thing that happens. Da -da 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 -da. You know, and we just murder this for a second. And that's a lot of fun to yeah. do. Um, as you can imagine, you know, you get this thing on a festival stage with like rows and rows of double 18s underneath you. I mean, you can uh, take the air out of like the entire crowd just by hitting them with one of these. It has to feel very powerful. It's immensely God powerful. It's, 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 it's uh, carnal. <laughs> it's, it is very, uh, it's beautiful. I think that's the only way I really can describe, describe it, honestly. Well, let's move on from this beauty yeah. and uh, let's maybe get the bass yeah, back. absolutely. And then you can just quickly just show us how you're yeah. running that with the Ampeg. And then I see the lone pedal you have is uh, a appropriately a moved drive. Exactly. So I, I, I got that one uh, when I was up there visiting my buddy Jason Daniello uh, that works up there one time. And, um, you know, they're, they're very... Uh, lean with with the stuff you know <laughs> but man if you go there every once in a while they'll slip you something like oh here here's this pedal um so let's see let's go by off standby here but yeah so honestly um that's clean you know it's which is a it's a perfectly acceptable bass tone yeah um that's all i'm doing to it Just i'm not doing a lot I'm basically adding a little bit of uh, low end and just a little bit of drive. That's it. Uh, I'm not trying to go too one way or the other with it. Uh, I'm not trying to make it too like crispy fried. I've had fun doing that in the past, but yeah. you know, I, with the jazz bass and everything, I was kind of feeling like trying to take on a, you know, a more um, full spectrum sort of tone with with some highs and some lows and like just it wasn't like you know, compress the shit or like 
fuzzed out or, yeah. or anything like that. And it had some like bass sort of qualities. I mean, you're kind of the foundation of the band, letting Kyle and you know Kyle yeah. and JD dance all over you. Exactly. But it surprises me because I know that you're a tinkerer mm-hmm. with, with pedals and yep. electronics. That yep. I'm assuming all this stuff is pretty stock. Yeah, it is. You haven't tinkered with any I, of this I, stuff. Uh, other than the bass switching out the pickups, honestly, yeah, I haven't. I had some kids, so my tinkering time. <laughs> Um, got kind of whittled down, and then my dad time ramped up. up. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, um, until they get a little older and get into their own things right now, like we're hanging, playing uh, stuffed animals and uh, shoots and ladders and, Love it. and things like that. So, yeah, sadly, my tinkering time has, has dwindled. But it's cool. I, I feel like I it's for the better. Thing. I've picked up a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, I'm glad that you guys have joined us from Tennessee or from Texas to yeah, be here in Tennessee. Absolutely, man. Thank you this for is, having this me. This is a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad to see you guys were out touring again. Absolutely. Hey, it. Shit, man. I, I really appreciate it. I can't uh, express how awesome it is to be gigging again right now. It's awesome to be yeah. seeing all y'all out there. Thank you.